if you're watching the video, you can see my tortoise right here. Is that, that looks like big. Is that the hutch though? That's the hutch, but can you see this little thing that looks like an old pie? Oh yeah. Just lying yes. there. Nice. That is a tortoise. Hello and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly on the wall style podcast about WordPress, business and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plugin author and works for Delicious Brains, and Jack runs better notifications for WordPress and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pressing Matters. Uh, as always, I'm joined by Jack, my co-host. Hi, Jack. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi, I'm good. I got the giggles, like for some reason, just recording. I don't know what it is. I just... Uh, <laughs> I see your face here and I got the giggles. So oh, charming. Or was it not just my slightly different intro to who, who am I joined with? Yeah, I don't know. It threw I don't know. But I got the, I, yeah, through me. But you got the giggles. Never mind. I'm all right now. I got over it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Um, thanks. Yeah. I, uh, I have um, no real garden office updates, which is a classic thing that, you know, I've been mentioned about all of, all of this year, except for the fact that um, I'm kind of in like a three week, I haven't got three weeks off, so to speak, but I've got two. I've got a two-week working holiday, which I booked in the beginning of the year. So I'm not working on client stuff. I'm just working on my own stuff and, and okay. kind of working on business development, reading. I've got so much reading to do. I save stuff to pocket all the time to read, and I don't do anything with it, really. I only do it, I only have a flick through occasionally, and I used to read all the time. Um, so I need to do that. So I'm kind of going through that. And then I've got a week of actual annual leave actual holiday not going anywhere it's just it's like the last week before uh, my daughter turns four and then sort of goes off to school a few weeks later so I want to take like another week off so I'm doing all that but at some point in that three weeks I was going to do the cladding on the outside of my office so um, just kind of investigating that this morning and and costs and delivery and all that sort of stuff so um, so yeah before the winter hits I guess and yeah exactly it's sort of before September October before we get loads of rain um, I, I mentioned in the first, in all the videos I've kind of put together of, of building my garden office that I've been putting on YouTube, the first video I recorded, I think it was like September of last year, September 2018. And in that video, I mentioned how much more rain I, we get in September um, and that I had noticed. So I was kind of setting myself this deadline to get it done by kind of September, October. And I, I'm, I'm, it did the the plan that I mentioned in that video didn't quite go not as expected. I changed the plan in in how I executed the build of of my office, but I still need to finish it by September really. So it was or or, or you know within September. So I'm uh, I'm kind of going to sort all that out and and do it. But then that's the last that's the last stage really, and that's all done and dusted. So so yeah, it's wrapped at the moment. It's got this this stuff called it's like called house wrap and. Um, Tyvek kind of stuff and it and it's really interesting it's like a paper but it's all kind of kind of layered on top of each other so when you look through it in the sun it's kind of it looks almost like a bit like fiberglass um but it's completely like waterproof and it lasts like kind of three months in extreme heat and like six months to you know a bit longer in our kind of condition so that the outside of the building is protected it just needs that final um thing left to do to it so um so yeah i kind of been doing that taking a little bit of time off um i finished all those uh site builds that i was working on. i had to do the build these nine sites for this client back to back i finished that um last end of last week so um 
So that was that's really nice actually to see not the end of it, um, but it's nice to know that those are are done. You know, as a, it was a lot of work. It was um, you know nine months of of web development uh, for one client and uh, very little of anything else really. So it's nice to um, yeah. to, to now have a bit of flexibility on on my schedule and, and work again. Nice. But yeah, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Um, just been working on stuff and I've been trying to push or oh, I've got so many little things that I need to, well, I say little big things that I need to focus on outside of, you know, the day job as it were. Like I'm working on uh, a new theme or a new design for my wife's site that has been designed and it's been, um, you know, a PSD has been cut up into uh, HTML, CSS and JavaScript and everything, but I need to just apply that to a WordPress theme and it's like a membership site. So there's changes of um, membership script subscription levels and, and other logic. Um, I need to really just get that off my plate. And then I'm trying to do a bit of a push for my own plugins again to try and kind of grow that product side of my business really, because I've only got the Instagram one, which funny story, the free plugin integrate light, which is on wordpress.org. I got an email last night to say it's been closed because we've had uh, an Instagram lawyer contact us presumably about a lot of Instagram plugins on the WordPress repository that right. used to Instagram in the name of the plugin. Uh, and it was a trademark violation. So um, the WordPress repository plugin team who are, who have actually been like amazing and really, really communicative and good about it all. You know, they closed it and say, you need to take action. Um, and, and the stupid thing was as well, this whole, so it, the, the plugin's called integrate light because there's a pro premium version called integrate. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know if you remember not that long ago, there was a whole thing about how you could not game the WordPress search for plugins, but you could, you could use lots of keywords in the readme text and in the, you know, the tags in the, the main description and also in the, the title. So you could be like it and it was inst integrate light hyphen automatic image publishing for word for Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it would be like an extra description, but you could put that in the title. Yeah. And that's obviously what they've, what's fallen foul of their trademark because I'm using Instagram in the title. Right. Uh, uh, anyway, it was, it was all resolved and I kind of removed that swiftly and got back to them. So it's now up and running again. Um, okay. But yeah, it just makes me realize again and again how brittle, you know, that plugin is because it's, you know, the free version is the good marketing channel for the pro version and which makes some money, which is good. But the lifespan is so, and I've talked about it before, is so, um, it, it could it could just die at any time because yeah. well, it's dependent on someone else's API, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And somebody else's trademark and somebody else's product and all of this stuff. So yeah, I, I, I've got a couple of plugins that I need to push myself to convert into a free and pro version and then actually push them out there because I, you know, I need to, um, stop relying on the Instagram plugin for any other side income, but it's just so much time and work. Um, I suppose with a name like integrate is that you could, you could, port that to anything really so it's not instagrate you know it's integrate yeah. 
and it, you could integrate anything. Uh, you know, well, you started with Instagram, but then you could move to Facebook or Twitter or yeah. you know, or Pinterest or another social network if you want, or something <coughs> different if you wanted to. It's funny you should say that as well because it was originally called Instagram, like Instagram. Uh, and back in 2016, I think, the Instagram API had a lot more restrictions put on it. And before, you could just register as a developer, get Instagram credentials, and, and just use the API to, to your heart's content. And then they put in like a proper um, review and permissions process of any Instagram API clients. Okay. And I had to go through like the review process to see what you're using it for, if that was allowed, and all of this. But also part of that process, they went, well, hang on, your Instagram API client is called Instagrate and you're using Insta, which is a, a word mark part of their trademark. Right. And they said, yeah, you can't do that, which is fine. And at the time I should have probably realized. And so I changed it and I just removed the S to integrate. And I remember, I remember like I wrote a blog on the Delicious Brains um, blog saying, like why you shouldn't hitch your wagon to somebody else's service. And it was based on my experience of this stuff mm. uh, and how I'd had to rename it to inst- integrate. And I, can't, I still can't even say it correctly because I'm so used to saying integrate. Mm. And, right. and I was a bit bummed out because I had to register a new domain. I had to change loads of stuff and it was a hassle. And there was a, a, a lady who commented on the post who basically said exactly the same as you. Like, you know, silver lining is you now are agnostic and you could integrate with anything. And it's actually quite a nice name. But I've yet never, I've never gone down that path um, because it's, you know, the, the nature of the plugin is so Instagram-y and focused on Instagram stuff. Like I've got no, no need for myself to integrate Facebook posts or stuff or images into my WordPress site. So I've never built it. And yeah. Yeah. Everything just comes down to time and lack thereof of any hours, yeah. you know, after normal work, um, kids, family, and sleep. Like, yeah, that's my biggest issue. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, we've talked about it offline, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a future episode that, you know, the perhaps the only way to solve that issue is to hire and to outsource. Um, but that comes with its own set of challenges, which I think will we'll probably go into in another time. Yeah, I am sort of going through that. It's sort of hiring kind of issue kind of stuff at the moment. And once I've kind of completed that, yeah, I'd love to talk more about it. Um, The funny you should say about name changes and stuff. So um, it's not reflected on WordPress.org yet, but I have changed the name of my plugin from not very much, but from best notifications for WordPress to best notifications for WP, just Mm. so I'm not using the word WordPress in the title. And, I think that's just safer. When I registered my domain name, that which is better notifications for WP as com as well, um, it came about a week after a post came out. The WordPress says said do they were clamping down on um, com, uh, websites with the name WordPress in there in, in the yeah. domain name, and so I was very careful about choosing that. And I thought I'll just call it for WP because that makes sense. Lots of, you know, you got search WP and facet WP and all these plugins that have WP in the name. I thought that's probably safe. So that's what I did, but I just haven't done it with the, uh, with the plugin yet. So I did, uh, uh, I just checked it all on the website and changed every instance of WordPress for WP, you know, when it, when it was associated with the words better notifications for, um, yeah. 
and uh and yeah i'm gonna sort of change my logo i i'm gonna get a new logo anyway and all that sort of stuff because that still says wordpress in it and all that sort of thing and make a new kind of product video which i, I did a long time ago now it must be about four or five years old my product video but it, it still gives a good idea of what the plugin does but it could just do with a bit of a refresh you know so um so yeah so no it's interesting what you say there about changing a name and trying to make it legal and all that sort of thing and and i suppose that we're all in the same boat somewhat if we're doing something for wordpress and that we are hitching our wagon to the uh you know horse that is wordpress but um so to speak but uh, but it's it's certainly going to be less um uppity about you know things yeah. you know than yeah. instagram or facebook. well and it's it's not instagram it's facebook all of this stuff yeah. has happened since the facebook takeover and it's been you know uh, quite a uh a challenge in lots of ways since it's taken over. Just interesting, going back to your, so have you updated that on WordPress.org? Uh, have you made not have you, .org yet? No, I'm still putting together a release. Um, and this kind of ties into our future conversation about hiring. But the um, the release cycle for my plugin has slowed down to a crawl, a painful crawl, at the moment. And what should have gone out really in the first week of June is still in development. A couple of things are still in development and I can't push out a, and, and this is my own fault, developmental issues, all kinds of stuff going on, you know, uh, poor um, kind of project management on my part and everything. But um, I, I can't push a release to WP.org till I've completed this development stuff. So once that's done, it will be reflected there as well. And I don't know if that's going to have an effect on anything that, you know, appearing in searches and all that sort of thing but i seem to have got it right i i did when the um they wrote like the plugin guidelines 2.0 or something like that a few years ago and it was a really good read actually it wasn't a very long one and they were saying about you know don't gamify the search don't put your yeah. title and all that sort of stuff if that's what you were referring to earlier yeah. well yeah yeah and one of them was not putting in too many tags like they even gave you a, a limit of like a maximum of like it was something really small like seven or eight tags or something you could use and not to make it irrelevant so if you're plugging to do with email notifications don't put you know instagram in the in the keywords because it's not an instagram plugin and you don't have anything to do with instagram on there you know so i was just very careful that i chose the tags that you know were needed and everything and i didn't see any perceivable drop off of like downloads or traffic or anything like that to the to the free plugin on wordpress.org so i'm hoping that this won't have much for difference either nice i'm i'm gonna go into developer dad mode and say say two things so you can push changes to the readme txt file in the readme in the trunk and the latest tag and you can just commit those to svn and make the changes without releasing a new version of the plugin like i, I don't know if you know that. yes so i have done that once before but Again, in those plugin readme guidelines, I'm pretty sure it says that you can't push a release that doesn't contain any changed code. I'm sure. I'm sure it, it, you're allowed to change the readme because you could. You might need to like update crucial information like PHP version compatibility or whatever. Although that we, that that does sound like we need to go off and. Um, understand that because I did that last night obviously and yeah and the WordPress plugin team have asked me to make a change and that's the only way I'm not going to re release a new version of the plugin just to change the name in the readme txt file yeah but, no sure I think yeah. I think 
I mean, it may be that I've misunderstood it. The way I sort of read it was that if you did that, your recently, uh, you know, uh, recently updated um, t- uh, ticker kind of changes on that page, and it looks like you've released an update, but you haven't. And it can, I think, it had something to do with potentially triggering a false positive on the update mechanism within the WP admin. So oh, if right. there's an update, but there isn't one, and it can't update it. Um, because but you're not changing not the version. version number. That's yeah. No, well, that's, that's it. So I. This is why I. This, that's kind of what I got from it. I'm not sure if that's the same, or even if it's. You know, if that might have been a bug that they fixed shortly after or something. I've just kind of never done that with the with the README. I mean, it's a shame actually because I would update the README quite often. There's often things like, oh, I've spotted a typo, or I need to change the date on this, or there's a notification I put in there that I didn't mention, or something like that. And trying to be meticulous with the Readmes before every release when oh, they're yeah. this, you this, this typo, don't you? yeah but when the release cycles this far apart you have to be really careful and usually when the release cycles are this far apart there's so much information um there's so many as many new changes like the features list is long you know these yeah. days when that happens um trying to remember it all is or, or link to it all is can be quite difficult so yeah I, I mean if i was able to do that that'd be great maybe i'll, I'll, I'll reinvestigate it but I, i'm sure yeah, that was something that came as part of the those 2.0 guidelines for plugin developers so well interestingly the the last updated date or the last updated time you know readable human readable time on my plugin that i touched last night is showing as 12 hours ago but okay you know it's i i do not expect to be seeing a new version available in anyone's installs for that. So yeah, we'll, we'll reinvestigate that guideline because I think that's quite a crucial. The ability to change the README text outside of releases is very helpful. And if that's allowed, mm-hmm. then yeah, what we'll do is we'll look it up and post it in the show notes. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Once we find that out, I'll probably be well, either updating or not updating my README today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My other development dad or developer dad comment was, What's going on with your release process then that you're now locked in that you can't like are you using git flow or can you can you hotfix off master if you suddenly had a security issue or is it I think kind it of probably like- could it's a bit of a manual process we do we did have branches for everything well we're not for everything we had branches for stuff in development but at one point recently there was a i was about to oh, what was it i had some computer problems and i had an issue with the core repo on my computer. I'm just trying to remember because it was a couple of months ago now. Um, and it basically transpired that, just trying to remember, sorry, I'm trying to remember. So it, it basically came about that the, the um, development branch of the core plugin, as well as some changes for a new add-on that's being developed at the moment, um, it, that were in another branch, got kind of merged and put in with, the master ready to go live and then there was some kind of issue and trying to unpick it all um there was another there was something else there was another factor as well i'm trying to unpick it all was just a pain and there was and i thought well that's okay we're all in master now you know but the release is going to happen like next week this is what i was saying like june and it's not too much on issue so now i'm kind of stuck with what i've got you know and it was just it, it should have happened, but it's it's been massively delayed. So yeah, yeah that, that was that's the rough outline of it. As far <laughs> as I, remember. I can't remember what the other thing was. There was another 
there was there was like the one extra thing that just tipped it all over the edge before you could just kind of revert everything in git and i just thought i oh, know it's easier we're going to release next week it's fine don't worry about it yeah, yeah. i mean what you, i guess what you could do and like we can chat about it if you need to but you you could you know just check out a new branch which is like new master um mm. off a, at the commit before you did that merge so you don't have to revert anything but then you, you kind of like go back in time and, and make a new master branch of what it was before it kind of all got screwed up but yeah, I'll tell you what, the, I was explaining Git and Git branches, pull requests and something to, um, um, to the new designer on our team who's been doing some stuff with front-end code. And obviously, this was his first foray into using Git in a collaborative environment or, you, you know, you're really using it at all. And it is so complex in some ways. It's like, even though you're using it day in, day out, you still kind of don't, I don't know, you don't realize how it's quite... Um, daunting to get into and you can definitely even years of using it still like screw things up and just be like oh what have i done there i've just totally i should have stashed my changes and now i've lost it all and yeah well, that's it i think it's a perfect example of one of those things that when it works it works really well but when it goes wrong it's a nightmare yeah yeah um, okay. it, and you know trying to even something really basic and I say it's really basic because it can be really basic or can be really complicated, but if you don't know what you're doing and it's like the first time you're, it's ever happened to you. So say you need to, you've done something or your file system on your computer has made some kind of odd change or change or something. And you just say, Oh, I don't want these. I don't want to commit these changes. I want to, I want to scrap these changes, forget everything right now. Just give me the latest version in, in head from Git or something. Mm. And even trying to just get rid of those, those changes not commit them and just kind of do a git pull but you know then it'll go oh no you've got unsync changes and all that sort of stuff that's really daunting as a first yeah. problem and that's probably the first problem most people will run into i think and are you using it on the command line or are you or you using i do it? but i try i quite like using the github app um mm -hmm. because you can also use it for non well anything git related so i use bitbucket for you know my plugins yeah and um yeah you can just add a local repository and because it's all git it doesn't it doesn't matter you know yeah so um that's quite good only because it's very easy to use and um i do use the git client built into uh visual um you know vs code visual studio yeah. code. i was going to say because it doing it on the command line is a nightmare and just but just having the gui built into your editor or something where you can just go revert these changes and it will just ditch them yeah it's it's certainly one of those magical things that, as you say, when it goes wrong, it goes really, really wrong. Yeah. 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 But it's still, I mean, Git arguably is still better than SVN a lot of the time, I think. Oh, so. gosh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, and it's funny, we're talking about plugins and our plugins because we've, for this episode of the podcast, we've actually got a sponsor, which is our first proper sponsor, not mine and Jack's own entities or businesses or plugins sponsoring the episode. Um, yeah. And it's the sponsor. It's very meta here, isn't it, Jack? It's. I feel like we've gone. We're going into um, inception of some, of um, plugins, but we are. This podcast episode is being sponsored by the Simple Sponsorships plugin, and we're using it on the site to get our sponsors. Um, and yeah, we used it for yeah. So yeah, we we installed it on our site to get the sponsor, and the sponsor is the person that made it. Yeah. And, and what we did is because, I know, yeah, exactly. The, the little thing's still spinning, I think. Um, 
but we we spoke to Igor Igor Benich, who's the developer of Simple Sponsorships, um, to you know talk about the plugin and understand what it does and give him some airtime. So, yeah, here's us talking to Igor. Igor, it's a great it's a great little plugin. It's really simple and it's very very WordPressy. You tell us a bit more kind of about it, like how you got started, where you came up with the idea, uh, how long you've been developing it for and so on. Yeah, so, uh, well, the idea came to me by looking at other plugins. Uh, since, uh, as I'm writing tutorials and stuff like that on my own site, I wanted to, to actually try and sponsor my own time so I can focus more on writing tutorials and stuff like that than working for my bills. And then I went looking for something like that, uh, like sponsorship plugins. Uh, so I looked at other uh, other sites like yours or some other podcasts and how they do it. And I actually realized that a lot of them are using a combination of various plugins and tools to manage everything. So I actually thought it could be kind of a nice idea to have everything inside of a single plugin, a single tool that will manage everything for you. So I went looking also for sponsors on the repository and actually saw a few plugins plugins that are used just for showing images. And those plugins had about 5,000 active installs and stuff, stuff like that. So I actually thought that these numbers in a way, proved to me that this is something that might be useful for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it took a bit, about four months to release the beta version. And then throughout some iterations, I actually got it to 1.0 and further now. Um, but yeah, it, it probably would took much more than four months since that was uh, me coding it while doing my contract work, uh, my other daily job work and stuff like that. So it, it took, if I accumulate all the time, it took maybe a month or, or something like that. And that's because I actually uh, read, read a lot of uh, WooCommerce stuff and EDD and I actually com- combined some of their code into my own. So actually, if, if you try and search and read the code of single sponsorship, you will see a lot of comments copied from WooCommerce, copied from EDD and stuff like that, because that actually fastened my development time for payments and things like that that's actually worked quite well in EDD and WooCommerce, so I didn't want to to, let's say, invent something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, yeah, no need to reinvent the wheel every time you need to do the same thing. Absolutely. So we're using it on our, obviously on our podcast site. Um, is it, is your customers mainly podcasters or do you see like different use cases of sites for different um, purposes? Yeah, so uh, actually for, the first thing was, that my audience could be the podcast site. And then while looking uh, more and more into all these sponsorship ideas and things 
others can sponsor. Uh, I am focusing now more on podcasts and also on events uh, such as World Camps and other similar conferences where uh, every conference is always looking for new sponsors and stuff like that. So both the podcast and the event sites are now my my primary focus to to uh, customize this plugin for them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah, I noticed kind of extend that to uh, people like uh, blog sites and and anyone I suppose that accepts sponsorship, not just kind of uh, events, whether that's a digital online event or a, or a physical kind of got to attend kind of event or or a podcast as well. But I suppose it could apply to any kind of sponsorship anyway. Yeah, yeah, you, you could uh, you, you could do whatever. I'm actually even using it on my own site for sponsoring my tutorials. So uh, even one user, one company, or I don't know anyone could actually read my my single tutorial and apply to sponsor that single tutorial. So uh, if other thousand thousands and thousands of visitors read that tutorial, uh, they will see their banner right below, right at the end of the tutorial content. So yeah, it, it can be used for various, various, uh, whatever you want to sponsor, you can actually use it. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. Yeah. Great. I was just looking at your, talking about events, um, just looking at wpsimplesponsorships.com and you've got a blog post about how WordCamp Europe um, 2019 accepted sponsorships and obviously it's quite a good post because you go through how you would you could do the same thing with your plugin are you reaching out to WordCamps or is that something that's they do their own thing and it's you know they, they wouldn't change but or, or are you trying to get them on board to use the plugin uh, yeah, yeah I, I haven't yet uh, contacted any any WordCamp organizer for that matter but uh, the the hardest thing is actually to uh, to convince someone to to move to a new tool when their their tooling and everything is already uh, so well connected and it works, so they want they don't want to risk it out. Especially WordCamps when where there are tens of thousands of transactions and and yeah, so. Why, why I wrote this case study is to actually show how uh, once one uh, 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 an event or a podcast or uh, any other stuff can be can it, is used uh, is using the sponsor sponsor system now the sponsorship system and how it can be uh, and how can it, how can they migrate their own tooling to my one plugin. So th- those are case studies. For now, there are only two: the WordCamp uh, Europe and the the Gordon's uh, conference. But I do plan to go on uh, on the lookout for other events, how they do it, and just showcase my own plugin in the same scenario. Yeah, yeah. it's a good idea. It's good good content marketing idea as well. Um, so just. Just so um, our listeners understand, it's a it's a free plugin on WordPress.org repository with a pro upgrade. Is that correct? Yes, the the, the free the free handles uh, everything 
the, the basics and offers also uh, the PayPal integration. Well, the, there are two, two pro plans uh, and the, the premium one and the platinum one. The premium one is actually, it's, it has uh, every, everything you need like Stripe, uh, Stripe payment uh, packages, availabilities and stuff like that. While the platinum is uh, just a bit more automation on, on your site. Let's, let's say it like that. It will, in the future, I plan to have a discussion board so people can actually, through the email and your site, can, you can discuss the sponsorship terms and stuff like that. So that's uh, now a planned feature, but I haven't yet started it. So yeah, those are the, the platinum features are like that. Just a bit more automation if you want it. But the premium one, it has everything you, you actually uh, needs to to have an ease of mind when when accepting and managing sponsors. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Having Stripe as a payment gateway is, is is really crucial, I think, for a lot of businesses. So yeah, nice, um, good idea having that as the pro feature or the premium premium feature. Yeah, yeah. They they actually contacted me also the the marketing team. I think it's the marketing team from Stripe. Because they they now want to showcase all the tools and plugins we use Stripe and Arcs, and already uh, have integrated their new new European standards for managing payments. So mm -hmm. that's something that I hope to in a few days I hope to complete it the the program their program and have have this plugin also listed on their site so that might get me some more traffic <laughs> yeah definitely so are you saying that that your stripe um integration is is compatible with the sca stuff already yeah. oh nice yeah, yeah I, I when when i started to to develop the, the integration with stripe i already saw their notification about the new uh, new european payments and stuff like that so i just went straight on integrating that one since it works both for for any any nation, it will work for any card or whatever. But it will be also have that security privacy stuff for Europeans customers that will handle their payments. So nice, yeah. I think you're ahead of a lot of WordPress plugins that have Stripe um, connectivity there because I think a lot of uh, these plugins are scrambling to add that in now. And it's, I think it's September is the deadline. So yeah, you're, you're ahead of the curve on that one. <laughs> I actually didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, definitely. Funnily enough, I was looking at a couple of pluggers this morning that did uh, that about, you know, Stripe payments. And yeah, it is beginning, I think it's something like the 5th of September. So it's only about a month away now. And yeah, there are a few on that I use on various websites that need to be updated. And it's starting to get a bit concerning. So that's, that's really great to hear. Um, I think it's just quickly worth running through how your plugin works. So in, in your plugin, you set up, a, from what I understand of, of using it to set up uh, you know, yourself for sponsors and, um, and, and kind of looking at other ones as well. You create a package, which is um, a, a kind of a level of sponsorship, which has a price associated with it. And you can set up a, an unlimited amount of packages from what I can see. And then once someone purchases one of those packages, they be that you see them in the, your sponsorships 
section of the site, so kind of all of your um, your customers, and then you can apply when they fill out their sponsorship um, kind of form as part of purchasing that package. That information is created as a post within uh, a sponsors section, which you can then apply to any custom uh, post type or custom post type. So you know, uh, you for example have sponsored uh, this episode of the show by uh, with simple sponsorships. You filled out. You, you purchased a package, you filled out your details, that was then created as a sponsor, and then we have then applied that sponsor um, uh, post type in your plugin to our podcast post type within WordPress. So we've we're kind of directly linked the two. Um, is that, would you say that was accurate on how, how we go about using it? Yeah, yeah, and, and there is also a, step in between where you can actually uh, where I actually submit my my request to you then nothing is created only the sponsorship part is created as a request but mm-hmm. me as a sponsor is not uh, I'm not created on as a sponsor type because I don't want to 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 increase your data besides without approving the sponsor and then you actually approve my request, then I'm created as a sponsor and I can purchase the sponsorship uh, package on, uh, on the sponsorship page if you accept payments on the site. If you don't accept payments on the site because there is a setting in the sponsorship settings, if you don't accept the, the payment, then you, then you will be able to, um, to type in the information where they can or where they can perform the payments to which bank account and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then you will manually uh, set them as paid once you get this, this reception information on your bank account. And then if you're the free in the free version, you, uh, you would have to manage the information of the sponsorship, but as you're using the the platinum one or the premium one, it doesn't matter. Then I, as a sponsor, once I purchased the sponsorship, I have a form where I can edit my details. So you don't have to to wait for my logo to be uploaded or information uh, such as description sets. I have done everything. Once I paid for your sponsorship package, I. I filled the edit form for the sponsorship sponsor information, and you have the logo and everything there. So right. yeah. that's a, a bit of a semi-automatic way to get the sponsorship information much easier from the sponsors. Absolutely, so, yeah. So when, um, because obviously, as we said, we're recording the next podcast shortly after this, and when we edit it together, and you're the sponsor for that podcast episode, it's a case of um, in the podcast post type, selecting the simple sponsorships sponsor, and then uh, that will appear in the kind of the post content of that podcast with the description and logo. So it's, it, I don't really need to do anything as the site admin in in terms of getting the sponsorship details and the copy and the branding. It will it will be pulled in by your plugin at the end of the the post content. Is that right? Yes, it can be pulled at the end if you set it like that. So that's also setting 
uh, option to show the sponsorship of the content below. If you don't want that, then you can use the Gutenberg block and place it anywhere on the, the page and select to show only the sponsors of this content. So yeah. the block will pull all the, the related sponsors of the current page, current page and show them there. And you can actually specify in the block what information they want, how many columns and stuff like that. So it's, That's it's, nice. it's more control, but you have, again, you have to do it manually. Or, yeah, or, yeah, that's that is good that you know you're not piecing it together yourself. Um, do you? Is there a short code that the plugin uses if you're not using Gutenberg? Yes, actually, the Gutenberg uses the shortcut. So oh, every action, every option in the block, the Gutenberg block is also available in the shortcut uh, version. Perfect. Yeah, because we're we're still on we're still using Classic Editor on the site, so that's good to good to know you've got the the old way of doing it as well. That's brilliant. That's good to hear all about it. Yeah, thank you, Igor. That was really, really helpful. And it is a really easy to use, having, like I said, used it to, um, to, to have you as a sponsor on the show and you know, chatting back and forth with you about it and how it works. But before we recorded this, it is really easy to use. It feels very you know, like natively WordPress, which I think is always a good sign of a good plugin. Uh, that it integrates so so neatly, and um, yeah, it was a it was a really pleasure to you. So thanks very much for kind of coming on and and explaining a bit more about it. Yeah, so that was really interesting. And um, actually, we're going to get Eagle back on the show um, soon to talk about more developer stuff because he writes tutorials and things, you know, developmental tutorials. Um, and he was a uh, we had a little chat to him before and after uh, we recorded his sponsorship segment and it was, he was a, he's a really interesting guy. So um, yeah, definitely going to get him back and have a, have a chat to him. Yeah. What's, what's on your work radar, Jack, or is there anything else you want to chat about? Yeah. So I've, I've, I've been in an odd position since November of last year and that I've been really booked up um, and I'm booked until really the end of the year now. Um, which is nice, and it's really funny. I I was I was at my co-working space the other day, and someone said to me, um, "Oh, you know, you're not in that often." I said, "No, I haven't been in the, that much this year. I've been building my garden office in my garden, and you know, it's taken like seven months and and all that sort of stuff." But I'll be in a bit more next year. And they were like, "Next year?" And this was like a couple of days ago, so it was still July. And I was like, "Oh yeah, sorry." My head is basically at the moment. It's like my daughter's going to school in September and October half term. So that's kind of where my head, head's at to like juggling work around. Mm. But then I've got stuff kind of in the pipeline or, or getting booked in like kind of as of this week for October, November, December. So I'm kind of thinking of the next availability I'm going to have to kind of start co-working and all that sort of stuff again on Fridays, which is what I used to do, um, is going to be in the new year. So yeah, we're in August, but I'm sort of kind of my head is is over there really. And even things like, you know, we're having good, we've got two children now, so we're going to have Christmas at home this year, not, you know, go to other family members and that kind of thing. So I'm kind of thinking about that in the background. What do I need to do around the house and everything before then? What DIY stuff do we need to get done and all that kind of thing? So I'm kind Mentally of building myself up to there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I've, I've kind of, I've got a, a support plan that I'm starting in September, which is like three days a month um for my the client the client i've been working with to kind of support these nine sites that i've just built and they've given me like three more to deal with uh over the next few months as well to the end of the year so that's what i'm going to be doing um 
And then from next year, I, I want to, I want to change. I mean, and we'll probably have a, a really good actually chat about like the year gone and the year to come. You know, at the end of the year, that'd be a really good. That's, good, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think next year, I, I do want to focus more on my plugin. More, I, I want to be able to take as much of the school summer holiday off with my um well my family in general but you know my daughter specifically because she'll be off uh next year and and i really want to see the plug-in helping me allowing me facilitating me to do that so i'm going to be changing a bit of my business in in what format and in what way and what hours and all that sort of stuff i have no idea yet but i'm starting to think about that and actually changing you know the plug-in name and getting a new logo and everything kind of was me starting that thought process in the last few weeks so yeah that's kind of more or less what's going on at the moment really yeah and and i guess with the idea of school holidays and you know you're, you're trying to move to a model where you're earning money where you sleep rather than when you're working um or more money when you sleep um because we know you're just like the ducktails man diving into your pool of money at the moment um the yeah. if only the <laughs> School holidays do pose problems for us freelancers, people who work from home, people who you know run their own businesses and and are kind of more flexible in that way. And I mean, we have talked about it, um, you know, between ourselves. But I I wonder if whether or not if we've got any listeners at all. But if there, any of them are in a similar situation where they either work from home, they're freelancers, and then you know they've got children of school age, and then suddenly. Um, July hits and they've got six weeks where there's no effectively no childcare and how do people deal with that how do people um, you know like you're effectively saying Jack that if financially it's viable you will take six weeks off but that's not necessarily yeah. always, uh, you know available for people and so what, what do people do yeah no it's interesting um, and there's a podcast that we're both listening to and enjoying called doing it for the kids um which is about you know fitting in you know uh work around life specifically in that order as well which is you know, quite a big off. yeah and uh, you know how do you how do you manage the the school holidays how do you you know work on your business how do you um how do you take time off if your business is very young like within the first year how do you take school holidays off and work on it and ensure that you're still visible over that time and you know all that sort of stuff and it's really interesting and it is scary I don't I don't want to you know dumb it down and say that you know this is in a position where I'm uh, gonna find it easy I think I'm gonna find it easier than I would have done a few years ago but um, all those things have got to be thought out you know in some detail yet before I, I do it I, I think when I said I want to change my business I just want to be able to have a bit more flexibility in um, kind of the the hours that I work, and I think even though I've been, you know, I've run my business uh, full time since 2011, I I still feel like sitting at my desk means I'm being productive, even if I'm not, you know. Mm. And if I'm I'm if I'm sat at that time, uh, sorry, sat at, at my desk between sort of you know say half eight and four four thirty, then you know, I, I'm doing something, even if it's a little bit of something, I'm doing something every day when really that's not working and it's not working hard. And I think that's the difference is working um, smarter and rather than harder. So if I'm, if I've only got enough work to fill three days for the week, 
I'd rather do it fairly continuously and have two days to work on something or look after children or something like that rather than trying to sit at my desk and, and spread it over five days. I'd rather have it more concentrated than that. So it's just trying to work out how I can um, do that, you know, um, or, or, you know, share those responsibilities with my wife a bit more over the uh, the summer holidays and stuff. So, yeah, it's um, I, I don't know how people do it and I don't know. I have asked the odd people and they've said, uh, oh, we've just kind of where I would normally work in the day, I work in the evening or something. But I've, I've never done that. I've never liked the idea of that. Um, and the whole point of running your own business is that, you know, you, you can dictate things. You're not respond. You're not, uh, you know, um, you're not under someone else's thumb. You're not um, having to answer to somebody else. You know, you're your own boss. And I think it's just important that, you, you know, if you've got the right clients, they'll understand that, you know, you get the job done whenever you work. And I think if you can just remember that it's not necessarily a nine to five world, if you work for yourself, then, you know, that certainly helps, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I, I'm, I'm really good at doing that myself. It's just, I need, I'm trying to remind myself of that at the moment. I'm trying to remind myself that I need to be more flexible with it all. And, and like I say, I hope that next year, um, finances and plug-in and all that stuff will will kind of allow that but um i don't know who knows some plug-in might come in and blow me out of the water and my plan goes to hell you know next year i don't know so it's it's all th- theoretical really then but most of freelancing life is is just kind of uh, planning ahead as best you can really yeah yeah totally and going going back to the whole trying to work in the evenings thing that, that is hard because you're not necessarily if you're doing the work in the evening, because that's the only time, especially with two kids and like once, you know, everyone's in bed and you perhaps have a bit of dinner, it's really hard to get, you know, motivated to pick up the laptop and, and, you know, get your brain firing to do, you know, stuff that is not just responding to emails or whatever. Like I find that hard at the moment to try and fit all time into the day and or work into the day. Um, but yeah, well, I don't know. We're, we're finding it hard at the moment because we've got both kids at home, but luckily my wife is doing a lot of the childcare whilst trying to run her own business as well. But you know, that takes the back burner. But if, you know, when you've both got kids at school, but you know, when they're both school age and you're working and your other half's working, then how, yeah, I don't know. Let us know if, if anybody has good solutions. And it doesn't just involve weeks and weeks of after-school clubs or camps and, you know, like, I don't know. But, yeah, it was good chatting to you, Jack. Good to catch up. I feel like, you know, a nice meandering conversation as usual. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we will be coming um, more structured again, I think, soon um, with various things. There's a couple of topics that, you know, we've highlighted in this episode that we want to talk about, but there's other things as well that... um, are coming up have come up you know and everything and um yeah i think it'd be it would be good to get a, a bit more kind of structure on the show coming up mm. the uh, interviews that we have done in the past so we had keith and mark from high rise digital last episode and we spoke to elliot condon from acf those types of interviews i'd like to do more of uh, so if you as a listener do um do enjoy those and you've got anybody that you'd like to listen to or any suggestions for interviewees that'd be good let us know in the comments of the episode if you're watching the video you can see my tortoise right here
<laughs> that looks like big. Is that the hutch, though? That's the hutch, but can you see this little thing that looks like an old pie? Oh, yeah. Just lying Just. there. Nice. That is a tortoise. <laughs> nice. But yeah, anyway, if you want to, if there's anyone that you know, yeah, then absolutely, yeah, do it, put them in touch. I think um, any, anyone we want to speak to specific, uh, specifically or anyone that you would like to, any, any specific, like designers or a developer or any, any specific kind of uh, people in a particular not industry, but you know what I mean? Like hmm. any, any to me? plugin developer or a theme developer or are you talking to me, Jack, or are you talking to the user users, uh, listeners, users, listeners, people, both, both. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, when we spoke to Igor, he is very, very similar in terms of his running his plugins and his development side of things. And like, I think that would be a good interview. Um, and I like talking to similar people in similar situations. But then I guess that's not great for diversity. So, any yeah, I'm I'm up for talking to whoever really that's WordPressy, businessy, you know, mm-hmm. similar. Yeah. yeah, cool. I think it's worth mentioning as well. Actually, last week we spoke. Yeah, like you say, we spoke to um, or last episode rather, we spoke to um, uh, the guys from High Rise. Well, Keith is has started his podcast on WordPress. Plug it, uh, well, WordPress pricing strategies and things, and um, we met. We mentioned that he was sort of about to start it last episode, but he's started it now and he's released an episode, and it was really good. Actually, it was really interesting, and I can't wait for the rest. You know, I, we've touched on um, pricing with with Eagle, so it would have been really interesting to. It, it's it's a really interesting podcast to listen to. So yeah, if you like ours, you might well like um, Keith's podcast as well. Yeah, we'll stick a link to that in the show notes and. Uh... Yeah, hope he releases some more because yeah, like you, I'm eager to listen to. I know he's got some good, um, some good people lined up, so I'm interested to listen to those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you're interested in sponsoring the show at all, we do have the sponsor pages up on the website now. Um, we've got a number of packages, you know, for you know an episode, uh, half a year, uh, a whole year. Bearing in mind that we record these usually every sort of two weeks. Um, so yeah, if you're interested at all and you'd like to kind of uh, sponsor that, then please let us know if you want to know more about viewing numbers and not viewing numbers, listeners and, um, you know, listening figures and kind of how podcasts are kind of performing as part of that, then, you know, do get in touch again via the website and we can sort of t- give you that information. Um, I think I'm, I'm happy to say Ian that the podcast is growing, uh, sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly, but the podcast is growing in, in listeners. Yeah, do you check out the stats recently? Uh, briefly, yeah. the other day. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly listens and, and everything is really good. And we've got some really good. Um, well, we've got very positive reviews on iTunes. Not too many at the moment, but we've got some some very good. Are you, are you actually seeing them? Because I can't view them on there. Or they, maybe they haven't yeah, come. I, up. I looked on the. Uh, I looked on the app, and they. Uh, it seemed to. It seemed very positive. So yeah, oh, yeah, see one. Yeah, brilliant. Jay Broughton, uh, ninety. Thank you very much for your five star review. That's amazing. Certainly, look now. See if there's any different ones. Interestingly, there's been another Pressing Matters podcast released, but it's something to do with mm. Pakistan's first football podcast. That's not us. We're about WordPress. But uh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be talking. We had to... two five star reviews. Now we got four. Awesome. I'll be talking to my lawyers about that trademark infringement. <laughs> brilliant all right then well i think uh we should call it a day there ian i think yeah. um i look forward to catching up next time and uh, and we'll have a more structured 
conversation for you. I appreciate that our lives might not be that interesting to uh, to listeners that want to hear a bit more about kind of WordPress and stuff. So yeah, we'll 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 have uh, something a bit more interesting next time. Yeah. All right. Nice one. Take it easy, Jack. And you. Yeah. Speak soon. Cheers. Bye.